The midterm election is just weeks away, and the battle for the United States Senate is white hot all across America. Today, I'll provide you updates on the Michigan abortion amendment and fight for control of the United States Senate. Also, abortion's a key issue in Senate races across America. I'll dissect some of the comments from the candidates in their one-on-one -on -one debates. Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal. You can go to createdequal.org to donate, to help support our efforts in Michigan and across America to expose abortion. And if you like the program, share the program and leave a five-star review. We're on all the popular podcasting platforms. Well, Today on the program, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about the Michigan Abortion Amendment. I'll have Kristen Polo on in the second half of the program to give us a quick update on what's going on in Michigan. But before we get to her, I want to take us to the campaign for the United States Senate, which it looks like there's a fighting chance for Republicans to gain control of that chamber. Most people believe that the Republicans are going to gain control of the United States House of Representatives. That's a good thing. But it'd be a really big deal if the Republicans gain control of the U.S. Senate. Then we could really grind to, to a halt the Biden administration's agenda and stop a whole lot of bad things from happening. So that's our goal. And we're hoping that the U.S. Senate is in the hands of Republicans. So, so what I wanted to do is go and and kind of uh, take a peek at some of the debates that have been happening, specifically in Pennsylvania and in Georgia. And of course, these are key battleground states. These are states where I, you know, it's kind of a toss up between the two sides, the Democrat and the Republican. In Pennsylvania, we have Dr. Oz running against John Fetterman. And there was a debate last week with both of them. And we're going to hone in on the question of abortion and their positions on abortion. So if you would, Mr. Producer, go ahead and play this first clip. This is Dr. Oz talking about his position on abortion. I do believe life starts at conception. And I've said that multiple times. If life starts at conception, why do you care what age the heart starts beating at? It's, you know, it's, not, it's still murder if you were to, to terminate a child, whether the heart's beating or not. But if, if you want to know the actual date, it's usually at nine weeks that the heart starts beating. Well, here's where Dr. Oz says that the heart stops uh, or starts beating at nine weeks. He's actually wrong there. Uh, you know, he supposedly is a doctor, although I think he just really plays one on TV. Honestly, I don't know. He may have his medical license. I'm not even certain if he still practices medicine, but he got this one wrong. That is that the heartbeat does not start beating at nine weeks, Dr. Oz. It starts around 18 days. Now, what he might be loosely referring to is that the heartbeat be can be detected by an ultrasound at around six weeks. He's still off by three weeks, but I digress. I think he was referring to the heartbeat law there. Now, you have to give him credit for this, though. He said he believed life begins at conception. He said that we shouldn't be looking at the heartbeat as any kind of marker 
to where we decide when life begins, which we would agree with. And then he said that life, that, that abortion is murder and not many candidates will come out and say that. So you got to give him some credit for that. Now, this is a second clip and he talks about his position on the, the abortion issue, whether it's a state's rights issue or a federal issue. Go ahead and play that clip. Like this. So can you tell us right now, yes or no on that bill? I'm giving you a bigger answer than yes or no. I'm telling you, I don't want any federal rules limiting what states do with abortion. It should be up to the states. Okay, so here here's responding to the bill that was introduced by Senator Lindsey Graham, a 15 week on a, uh, a ban on abortion was introduced several weeks ago in the United States Senate. And he was asked about his position on that. And unfortunately, I know this is why these folks do this. They want to bypass the question. They want to stay out of the issue of abortion, per se. But Dr. Oz says that it is a state's rights issue. He's not entirely incorrect about that, but we understand that it is a constitutional issue. We understand that the Constitution does protect the pre-born. In the 14th Amendment, it says, no state shall deprive a person of the right to life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And that word person, originally, I guess, in the Roe v. Wade decision, was ruled to not include the unborn, but of course, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And so now they didn't establish the right to life in the 14th Amendment regarding persons. They said it was a state's issue. But we understand that the unborn are persons biologically and actually legally and constitutionally before Roe v. Wade was even handed down in 1973. Therefore, it is a federal issue. And the federal government should protect the pre-born at conception, either by passing a law that would be signed by the president or by the U.S. Supreme Court uh, uh, determining, defining that word person in the 14th Amendment to include the unborn in a Supreme Court case. Of course, we may end up having to, and I think the final, the end game here is uh, uh, passing a constitutional amendment defining personhood at conception. So it is a federal issue. Now, at current, it's being fought in the states. And I think that's what Dr. Oz is referring to. But you'll find senators and others in Congress dodging the question saying, I think it should just be a state's issue. And usually they're doing that because they don't even want to take a position on abortion. It's a cowardly way of avoiding the topic. And I don't know if Dr. Oz is saying that for that reason. Uh, we'll take it for what it's worth. And that is currently it is being battled in the states, but it cannot end there. It cannot end there. It has, we have to have a federal remedy for killing unborn children. All right, we're going to switch gears to his opponent. This is John Federer talking about his position on abortion. Abortions are going to continue in America, whether it's legal or not. They just won't be safe if they're illegal. And we can't ever go back to that. We just can't. Well, OK, this is obvious. Are people still going to have abortions when it's illegal? Of course they are. You know why? Because humans are sinners, just like they're going to be bank robberies. 
just like there's going to be spousal abuse. I mean, just like there's going to be all kinds of other sins and crimes that are going to be committed. Just because you make something illegal doesn't mean it goes away. It doesn't zero it out. It often reduces it dramatically because a lot of people will reason to the conclusion that if something's illegal, it's also immoral. We get that. But John Federer or, or John Federman is is right here in saying that it's not going to end uh, people stop people from having abortions entirely. But that's not a reason to keep it legal. That'd be like saying uh, in the Deep South, when we were trying to end slavery, that a law that would protect slaves from being lynched is not going to stop people from lynching black people. Well, it's true. It may not, but at least it's going to criminalize it and it's going to punish the evildoers. And that's what law does. Law is a restrainer. It's a way of bringing justice to those who are, in this case, murdered. And so, yes, it may not end the killing because people are going to do it anyway. That's not an argument to keep it legal. It'd be like saying, well, People are going to rape anyway. Men are going to rape women anyway. Therefore, we shouldn't pass laws against rape. It's nonsensical. Also, it begs the question, what is the unborn? If we recognize the, the unborn as human, if John Fetterman recognized the unborn as human, just like a born person, we wouldn't be saying this. We would say absolutely they need protected in law. Do people still murder? Yes, they do. But that's not, again, a reason to make it or keep it legal. All right, we're going to move on. This is the Georgia Senate race, and we're going to hear from the Reverend Warnock. Uh, go ahead and play that first clip. Even God gave us a choice. Even God gave us a choice. Can you clarify what you meant by that? You have 30 seconds. Oh, I, th I think it's, it's, it's self-explanatory. God gave us a choice, and I respect uh, the right of women to make a decision. Uh, these are medical decisions. Uh, they are deeply personal. Uh, women find themselves in a range of circumstances. You know, it, it's personal for people to do a lot of immoral things. It may be personal for people to break the law. That doesn't make it a choice. If people choose to kill someone, they should be held accountable, right? And God does not give us the choice and say it's okay for us to murder. In fact, the scripture is clear. God said in the Ten Commandments, the Sixth Commandment, thou shall not murder. I don't think the Reverend Warnock has been following his Bible very closely. Now, of course, you have to prove that the unborn are human in order for that verse to apply, but it's clear, God says, thou shalt not murder. He's against the killing of human beings. He also talks and speaks about child sacrifice in the Old Testament and how it was detestable and how he never imagined it even coming into his mind that human beings would be this brutal, especially to young children. So it's pretty clear that the Reverend Warnock has not been reading scripture very much lately. Um, and then the final thing is this. It's okay to be a reverend if you're on the left. It's okay to be a pastor if you're pro-abortion. 
But if you're a reverend and you're conservative or you're a reverend and you are pro-life, well, that disqualifies you because you'll have the liberals and the left coming out and telling you, you cannot, uh, we, we need the separation of church and state and you're inserting your religion and your politics. You're violating the separation between church and state. Nobody says that to the Reverend Warnock, though, because he's liberal and people like liberal pastors because they don't care what the Bible says. They make stuff up. The Reverend Warnock is really not a reverend. He's not a man of God and he doesn't have any clue. He probably does know what the Bible says on abortion. He just doesn't care because it doesn't fit his political agenda. And then finally, the Bible is very clear that the government was instituted to execute wrath on evildoers. That's the point. Now, he's referring to saying God is pro-choice and that God is for choice when he's talking about Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 30, where God said, I put before you life and death. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. He's not saying it's equal. He's saying choose life so that your and your descendants can live. He's not just throwing out the choice and giving you a multiple choice on life and death. He clearly condemns killing unborn children. All right, this is the second part of that answer. Go ahead and play that. But just to clarify, in your opinion, God gave us a choice in regards to abortion. I, I, it, it is apparent that God has given us a range of choices. You know, first of all, what's what's with his eyes, man? He's got these bug eyes like this. It's really odd. Uh, maybe he has some kind of condition. I don't want to be mean, but it's just really weird looking. Uh, but, you know, he's saying God gave us a range of choices. This is just a way of him trying to avoid the question, right? Human beings are moral actors, and God holds us accountable for our choices. Even if civil government has sanctioned a particular behavior or activity, uh, it, God does not give us permission to violate that. And that's the purpose of civil government, is to protect the weak against the strong. So that's what's going on. In the battle for the United States Senate, these are two key battlegrounds, the state of Pennsylvania and the state of Georgia. And if we can, uh, that is, the, the Republicans take those two seats, then it could be that the uh, GOP will control the United States Senate, which would be huge. Now, finally, I want to talk about our ultrasound vans, and I want you to take action, friends. We have purchased our first ultrasound van. It is just the shell, granted. Uh, we are going to be outfitting it, and if you're watching the show, you can see what it will look like soon. And we need to raise some money. We need some help here. And you can support the ultrasound project, that is the mobile units that we are going to be deploying on border states of abortion-free states like Illinois, like Michigan, like Pennsylvania, that border places like Ohio and Indiana and other states that have outlawed abortion or severely restricted it. We are going to deploy our border states mobile rescue units here in the near future. And we need to outfit this unit as soon as possible. And you can jump in and help us do that by giving to Create It Equal. 
You can go to createequal.org. Just click on the right side. There's a little donate link there. The electronic giving, you can give and just say, I want to give to the ultrasound unit. We would very much appreciate it. We're hoping to get this thing on the road first, uh, the first of, uh, of 2023 to deploy it across America where it's necessary. And as you know, I've talked about how Planned Parenthood is already deploying mobile units in Illinois on the border of uh, Missouri and Kansas to allow women to cross the border to kill their babies. We want to stay one step ahead of them. And that is we want to deploy our own mobile units to rescue children. They want to kill babies with their mobile units. We want to save them. So you can support us by going to createdequal.org and uh, just click on the donate link on the right side. Now, finally, friends, and I will say we're going to be having our guest, uh, Kristen Polo, coming up. Be in prayer for us as we head to Michigan. We'll be deploying up there very soon with our billboard trucks, airplane tow banners, jumbotrons, everything we can have, everything we have. All of our assets are going to be put towards trying to stop the abortion amendment from coming into uh, going into effect there in the constitutional amendment. And so you can help us by coming up and, and supporting the effort yourself. If you want to be involved in the door-to-door campaign, you can get involved by going to StopAbortionExtremism.com. That's how you volunteer, StopAbortionExtremism.com. If you like the program, you can follow me on social media. I'm on all the popular podcasting platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so forth. I'm also on Facebook and YouTube. If you go to MarkHarringtonShow.com, the clicks, uh, the, the, the links are at the top. Also, we're on TikTok and Instagram, so you can follow me on those platforms as well. What I do is often put up clips of comments that I've made regarding current political issues, hot button issues, and so forth, so you can follow me on all those platforms. And if you just want to find out all the platforms that I'm on, you can simply go to MarkHarringtonShow.com dot com slash subscribe. That's Mark Harrington show dot com slash subscribe. Kristen Polo is my guest and she is the executive director for Protect Life Michigan. And I've had her on the program in the last several weeks to update us on the abortion amendment in Michigan. Kristen, give us an update. Mark, thanks so much for having me back. We are starting to feel the momentum here in Michigan. We can defeat Proposal 3, and um, we're, we're starting to feel good. But, you know, we still have a few weeks left, so we still need a lot more support, uh, people to come to Michigan and help us. We need finances to keep our ads on the air. But things are going well, and we're starting to feel the momentum build. And you also have a new ad, and I'd like to play that for our audience. Go ahead and play that clip. This is a uh, vote no on Prop 3 ad. Uh, Go ahead and play that clip. This drug blocks a child from going through puberty. It's the first step in gender change therapy. Clinics prescribe this drug in Michigan. If Proposal 3 passes, minors as young as 10 or 11 will be able to receive this prescription without the consent of their parents or their parents even knowing. They call it reproductive freedom. We call it extreme. Proposal 3 opens a Pandora's box. Only you can close it. Vote no on Proposal 3. 
So, Kristen, uh, interesting. This isn't about abortion. Uh, what's that all about? It's about so much more than just abortion. The author of Proposal 3, in part, is Planned Parenthood. They have mm -hmm. started a new initiative um, targeting minors for gender change therapies. And now here in Michigan, they have actually put this into the amendment text of Proposal 3, um, including the word sterilization, creating a fundamental right for individuals, not just adults, to sterilization. So I think the question we have to ask is, why did they choose that word? What does it mean? And because we know Planned Parenthood is the player here, it's pretty clear what it means. Well, and we've also seen Planned Parenthood pivoting a little bit to offer these surgeries across America because of the banning of abortion. They, they're they looking for another business model, for sure. Uh, you know, there, there are those on the other side of this that say, you guys are making this up. This is all fear mongering. We're not talking about taking away parental rights when it comes to their children. How do you respond? Well, this is not fear mongering. The reality is it is very clear that Proposal 3 repeals parental consent for abortion in the state. Um, that is what mm -hmm. the text says. It creates an individual right. Proponents of Proposal 3 originally admitted this. And they're now trying to step it back because they know that this is not popular with voters. And this is a constitutional amendment. So if this passes, right. we are stuck with it. Parents, parents would not have rights under Proposal 3. So, Kristen, if you would, tell us how our listeners, our viewers can get involved. We've got, what, two, three weeks left before Election Day. How can they help with the Michigan Amendment, defeating it, that is? Our path to victory is looking good, but we still need a lot of support. At this point, it's just a numbers game. We know that our message is resonating with voters. Parents don't want to lose their rights. Michiganders do not want unregulated and unrestricted abortion, but it's a numbers game. It's a matter of reaching as many voters as possible with this message before Election Day. If anyone can help us, send a donation, come to Michigan to join in our efforts. You can go to supportmiwomenandchildren.org to learn more and get involved. Give that website again, if you would, please. Supportmiwomenandchildren.org. You can go there to learn more about our efforts and to make a donation and to get involved. And friends, this goes long, uh, far beyond Michigan because the pro-abortion movement, the industry that is, is looking for a win they think they got it in Kansas, and now they're moving to Michigan, and they're hoping that they can win in Michigan, and they can expand abortion up to the very moment of birth in Michigan and use this as a playbook for the rest of the country. And if you don't believe me, listen to the words of Planned Parenthood themselves. This is Nicole Wells Stallworth. She's with Planned Parenthood Advocates of Michigan. She's the executive director, and she was quoted on the Michigan Advance saying, quote, it is the first ballot measure of its kind. It provides a blueprint, her words, not mine, a blueprint for other states to protect abortion access through the power of direct democracy. They, they're all in, and they see this as a way forward. That's why it needs to be defeated. Uh, we care about Michigan, of course, even though I'm an Ohio State fan. I still do. I care about Michigan. I care about Michigan babies. 
I'm not parochial. <laughs> I don't just care about Ohio or any other else. We should care about children all across America and for that matter, the world. And we can't allow them to get a win in Michigan. So if you would leave us with parting words to our audience as we come up to the elections on November 8th. Well, I just hope that all of your listeners and viewers will pour into what we're doing here. Go to supportmiwomenandchildren.org. We can win this. We're starting to see the momentum build with just a few weeks left, but we need your support. So please join us, supportmiwomenandchildren.org. And friends, Created Equal is all in as well. We'll be heading up to Michigan here in a couple of weeks to lend our hand to the effort. And uh, we're going to be taking our team, doing what we do best. We'll be part of the deployments, going door to door. We're also going to be displaying abortion victimatography on billboards, video screens, and even tow banners flying over Detroit. So we're doing what we can. And uh, we hope that you can also join the effort in Michigan. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.